Hey, Bob WP here, and welcome to Do the Woo, the WooCommerce Builder Podcast, episode 205. This show is brought to you by Clavio, your growth marketing partner for your clients or your business, and Nexus Managed Hosting Plans that keep Woo Shops powerful, profitable, and error-free. I'll tell you more about our pod friends later in the show, but let's get started as Brad and myself chat with another developer in the space and learn how they do the Woo. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another exciting episode of Do the Woo. I'm one half of the Woo Quasion. Maybe Brad. Yeah, we'll I'd go say with that. 50%. We'll go with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's been a week, Bob. How you doing? Over there? Hey, I'm doing good. It's been a week too. You know, it's yeah, it's not technology breaking, life in general, the world, everything. So yeah, you know, it's um another day in paradise. Yeah. Been a week. Yeah. It's been a week, but that's okay because we got a great show and we're excited to dive in. So Bob, who do we have on today? Today we have Eric, and I did make sure I wouldn't say this wrong, Karkovac. Um, it is as it is spelled. Eric, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. I see Eric all over the place on the web. I mean, he's he's talking, he's writing, he's building, he's doing all sorts of stuff. But before we get into all that good stuff, how do you do the woo and kind of, you know, your whole WordPress story here how how did how did you um maybe a little bit how you got into it and then um how you use woocommerce well this story starts way back in 1996 when i became a web designer um of course working with uh, just static html when css came about i started using that um over the years though i kind of found that i had you know a need to go a little bit bigger with projects and be able to accomplish some things I couldn't do with uh, the old fashioned ways of doing things. And I found WordPress really started using it uh, full time around 2010. Within a couple of years, I really started um, using it exclusively for client sites. And I've since really gotten into WooCommerce. I've built probably at least a dozen pretty nice stores with it. Um, learned to customize it, learned all about the uh, ecosystem and the extensions. And um, so now these days I, I build a lot of stuff with WooCommerce and I occasionally write about it too. Yeah. Um, you know, looking back, you're obviously like an OG, old school, whatever you want to call it, web developer. I mean, anyone that was doing any type of HTML in the mid nineties, I would classify in that, in that field, myself included in, in high school, messing around with HTML and uh, image maps, getting a little crazy oh, yeah. with image maps. You guys remember those? Absolutely. Um, in fact, I still have on my desk shelf behind me, I have a box for Adobe PageMill. Oh. Yeah, Adobe PageMill version 1.0. It's one disc, one disket, <laughs> three and a half inch floppy. Um, and that was like the, you know, it just changed everything, right? Like going from just raw HTML to using something that you would consider more of a visual kind of builder in a sense in the early days of the web. So I'm curious, kind of starting way back then, and we don't have a lot of people on the show that were starting that far back. Um, so that's why I'm kind of touching on this a little bit. But obviously coming from that world of page mill and front page and other builders like that, and then kind of ending up with WordPress, I'm wondering if, was there anything in between or were you going strictly from that kind of, you know, builder platform to to jumping directly to WordPress or were you using any kind of CMS in between there? Well, a little background. I was like a terrible student in high school, but I did like to play with HTML. That was like my passion. 
uh, when I first started doing that. And so I was a little bit afraid that I wasn't going to be able to learn how to do certain things like databases scared the heck out of me. Uh, E-commerce scared the heck out of me, just, you know, trying to hook up to a payment gateway and all that stuff. Um, so I, I, the first CMS I used was called, uh, I believe, Qt PHP, which was a flat file database. So you could just go into, you know, FTP into your site and you could see this database that had every bit of content in it. It was just a big old text file. Um, and I found I could do some neat things with that. I could start blogs with it and everything. But then, you know, I kind of came to a, a tipping point where I said, you know, that either I'm going to go all in on something where I can can provide clients with like actual custom functionality, or I'm just going to keep piddling along with this, you know, kind of antiquated way of doing things. And so I think for me, WordPress just came along at the right time to where, um, you know, I saw there was a big community around it. I saw all these plugins that were coming out and the ability to go in to a theme and just hack, hack it as much as you wanted to, uh, to get it to look the way you wanted. So, I mean, all those things kind of came together for me. And so once I got a little bit of confidence with that, uh, things just kind of took off from there. And I was very fortunate to, um, you know, find my place in the community and find, a you know, a lot of resources to learn. Yeah. And, and even like, so we're talking 2010, you know, 12 years ago, like that might sound like a long time ago or might not. I mean, it's kind of, I don't know, time these days is a weird construct, but <laughs> so, but that was a long time ago. We're talking 12 years ago, you know, um, WordPress has clearly evolved a lot. I mean, just to put it in perspective, 2010, I'm assuming this is probably around the time you got involved with WordPress is when, you know, 3.0 was released. And that's when custom post types were first introduced. And that's when many of us, myself included, really defined the turning point from WordPress being a blogging platform to being an actual CMS. And I think there's probably a lot of people with your similar story of around that time period is when they were drawn to WordPress and they realized, oh, this is actually more than what I had thought it was. It's grown from what I, you know, a blogging platform that everybody knows it as. And now it is actually a pretty legit option for, you know, for clients, you know, it's a, a bit of a game changer in a sense. So that's a massively pivotal release, in my opinion, with the trajectory of WordPress and, and to keep it growing and really explode the adoption was right around that 2010 timeframe. Is that what drew you into it? Were you familiar with WordPress prior to that? And then, the, the, you know, things like custom post types or was it just a coincidence of the timing? Well, I was familiar with it um, before that. I mean, probably about 2007, 2008, I built a few client blogs with it. Um, it's funny. I, I remember like the old Kubrick theme and it was built with CSS and I was still using table layouts at that time. So I remember ripping apart Kubrick and putting tables in place of the CSS. So I'm probably going to like go in some hall of shame for that now. But um, at that time, you know, I thought, okay, this is good for blogging. I don't know what else I can do with it. Um, the custom post types didn't really hit me until I've been using it for a little while. Um, once I started realizing, and my gosh, when I found advanced custom fields and the stuff I could do with that, it just like, completely changed my thinking about what I was going to be able to do with WordPress and the kind of sites I was going to be able to build. Yeah. And I mean, the reason, one of the reasons I'm, I'm bringing this up as well is because the, the landscape today versus even just, you know, 10 or 12 years ago is so different. Like if you were, if you were diving into WordPress today, it's just, just a plethora of tools and drag and drop builders and now full site editings and core and Gutenberg and all this amazing stuff. Um, but that's not what we all started with, right? We, we kind of grew up with WordPress in a sense. And, uh, 
you know, so it's the barrier to entry is definitely way easier now than it's ever been to even be on the professional side. If you're actually doing this for clients, you can dive right in and make some pretty amazing sites with no code now, you know, using WordPress. So I think it's just interesting kind of digging into the history a little bit and, and hearing how people got to where they're at um, and how different it's, you know, evolved over the years. So along that journey, where did WooCommerce come in? I mean, did it, was it something that you intentionally thought I'm going to start building e-commerce sites or was it, you know, a request from a client that you thought, hmm, maybe this is something I should dabble, uh, you know, kind of how did that play into it? Well, the, the first e-commerce site I did, uh, did not use WooCommerce. It was, I believe, WP Store which was a really old plugin. It was probably like the OG e-commerce plugin <laughs> back in the day. I think it used like short codes. Probably everywhere. used a flat file. <laughs> it probably did. It probably did. And it was, it, it actually did quite a bit for what it was. Uh, but I, it's, I had a client that I built this for and it was like, okay, this is not really scalable because if you have like two or three products, it's great. If you're trying to go more than that, it was just kind of a mess. Um, so I found WooCommerce and started looking at that. I was like, wow, this is like free. I believe it was based in South Africa at that point, um, you know, and before Automatic had purchased it. And um, I started seeing all these extensions and like, my goodness, I can add, you know, like a favorites list. I can add, you know, this shipping method or, you know, that payment gateway and all, all these different things that that could work with that. So uh, the next chance I got uh, was actually a company that made caulking, like custom colored caulking. And they needed this really um, robust way to like search for a, a, a manufacturer and drill down the colors just to that manufacturer. Um, I found the Gravity Forms add-on for, for uh, WooCommerce that just like made that so easy. I was wondering like, how, how am I going to accomplish this? How am I possibly going to do it? Um, so you know, I, I started building like that and it just became like, okay, this is kind of my de facto way of building e-commerce now. I mean, I'm, it's already part of the WordPress community. It's already, um, you know, so well supported, um, even though it is kind of like scatterbrained sometimes with extensions just everywhere. Um, you know, there's official extensions, third-party extensions that may or may not be well supported. Um, you know, there's a lot to, to dig into it, but I think once you get that level of experience, you can kind of look past that and just see the possibilities of what you're going to be able to do with it. I noticed on your site, you say that, you know, WooCommerce is kind of your choice as far as e-commerce. You, you do say that. So when somebody comes to you, is there other things you do use to build sites because of maybe specific needs or do you pretty much say I'm doing WooCommerce, you know, this might be better using this and you may want somebody to help you with that. Yeah. I, at this point, I'm basically all WordPress all the time. Um, I have a couple of clients that use other, the other systems. I've, I've used Miva Merchant in the past, which I actually kind of liked. Um, the interface was a little tough, uh, especially like if you wanted more than just your shop on their service, it was just like not the easiest thing. It was a lot of hand coding HTML for that. Um, but these days I just kind of focus on WordPress and WooCommerce. I don't really um, see myself as a great fit for other systems because I don't have a lot of experience with it. Now, if that, you know, that doesn't mean it won't change some point, you know, I can, you know, if somebody really wants to explore Shopify or something else, I'm, you know, I'm 
open to learning it. Um, but at this point, I, I like try to look for clients that are a good fit for me and that I'm a good fit for them. It's just not, you know, I, I don't want to try to make myself into something I'm not, and I don't want expect them to bend their needs just for me. So, you know, I, it, that's kind of the give and take of it for me. Yeah. And I mean, that's, you know, you really kind of speak to just the idea of WooCommerce and the extensions and add-ons that are available. And I mean, it speaks to the power of, of WordPress and the size of, you know, the community and the size of, uh, you know, people creating products and add-ons for WooCommerce because it's not just WooCommerce and it's not just WooCommerce extensions, but it's also how those interact and play with uh, just general WordPress plugins. Like you mentioned, Gravity Forms is a perfect example. Like the add-on to WooCommerce, you know, really combines two very powerful systems and it can allow you to do a lot of things. Um, you know, there's there's a number of different examples we could give, but, you know, that is one of the biggest benefits of open source and especially WordPress um, and WooCommerce is just that, you know, that massive ecosystem of, of products and plugins and services that by and large work well together, um, at least the the major players. And then getting that comfort of the comfort level, like you mentioned, of this is the platform. If this is the primary platform you work on, WordPress, WooCommerce, whatever it might be, you're going to learn it inside and out in a sense. And you got to know those type of tools that work well for you and well for your clients. So ultimately, well, it'll help you, it'll help your clients, it'll help keep costs in check um, and ultimately put together the best options for your clients and not writing it all from scratch, <laughs> which exactly is doable, but very expensive and very costly and probably not worth it. So, um, but, so I'm curious as we, we kind of talked about the growth into this. Now we're getting into the world of everyone's favorite topic, which is Gutenberg and the block editor, the Gutenberg block editor, whatever we're supposed to call it. Yay. Um, <laughs> we love, I love asking people this cause I'm always curious taking the temperature check, right, on just Gutenberg in general. Is it, um, are you using Gutenberg for your clients? Have you really leaned into it? Um, do your clients enjoying it or not? And just if you could speak to that. Yeah, I, I am using it on pretty much all new projects now. Um, have been for over a year. Um, I find it to be getting a lot better. I mean, if you compare it now, like if I tell people that, you know, checked it out at 5.0 or even the betas before that, Take a look at it again because it's going to look a whole lot different. It's a lot better user experience than it was. Uh, a lot more, um, I think, intuitive than it was. In fact, um, I set my daughter up on a blog with WordPress.com the other day. And um, she wants to do a blog about pets and Harry Potter. So I set her up with this, right? And I'm going to start explaining all the good stuff with the block editor. And here's what you do. You hit the plus button. And she just looks at me and says, Dad, you can go now. I'm fine. I come back an hour later and she's already got it kind of figured out. I'm like, you know, all of us old people that are complaining about Gutenberg. I have a 12 year old here that just picked it up in about 10 minutes. I didn't need to help her. The only thing she needed to help with was getting her Google photos into the wordpress.com. Mm -hmm. That was about the only thing she asked me for. So <laughs> she did it herself. That's a good testimonial for Gutenberg. I mean, if you think about it, like it's actually a really good point because my, my son's six and it's amazing how quickly kids can pick up technology. Like I was even impressed by how quickly he understood as a, as a, a, an infant, a baby a toddler, I guess, how quickly he could understand the idea of touching a screen and dragging things. Like it was just almost second nature, Yeah, but we didn't grow up with that. Right. So it was something we had to learn and get comfortable with, but it's almost like second nature to kids. Um, and I, the same thing, like he, 
you know, impresses me every day with certain things. He'll learn, he'll play games, he'll do this and that. He can't read yet, but he like knows things better than I know. And, and I'm the one that can read the instructions on the screen. <laughs> it's like, you know, the blocks we played with as kids are much different than the blocks they're playing with now. They're, they're stacking up content. <laughs> we were stacking up letters. So, you know, there you go. <laughs> there it is. It all, it's one big vicious cycle, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Uh, it's good to hear that your clients are receptive to it and they're all open to it. I think, I, I agree. I mean, I think it may be, maybe, you know, at this point we've dug in enough around, just in general, uh, in the community around, like, are, are people accepting of it? Because it feels like at this point, by and large, um, everybody is. And now the new focus, of course, is around full site editing and, you know, how that's received and if people really lean into that or not, which is kind of, tbd since it's so new um but but yeah that's really cool to hear um you know that you guys are using it. another part of that too just to add on is the the matureness of the products that interact you know we mentioned the global ecosystem and stuff but all the you know the products that you expect all work with gutenberg they all have generally have custom blocks where it makes sense you know they integrate well when of course when gutenberg first came out none of that really existed so um, so having a lot of a, a full adoption from the uh, the larger ecosystem has been a big big plus for Gutenberg. Hey everyone, Bob WP dropping into the show for a short break to tell you more about our two pod friends and to thank them for their amazing support. When it comes to your client sites, for Woo Builders, it helps you to know that 57% of consumers under the age of 35 are making online purchases more than twice a week. Yet nearly 70% of those consumers in North America have data privacy concerns when they shop. 5,000 online shoppers shared how they shop in 2021 and how they prefer to hear from e-commerce brands. So what does this mean for WooCommerce builders? Find out in the 2021 Clavio Consumer Report. You can access the full report the Clavio Friends of the podcast profile at dothewoo.io slash friends slash Clavio. Our sponsor Nexus has made some game-changing enhancements to their managed hosting plans. These include WooCommerce Automated Testing, Sales Performance Monitor, and Plugin Performance Monitor to keep you or your client sites powerful, profitable, and error-free. Trust me, we know it as Do The Woo is powered by Nexus. Now, best of all, all of these are free with any Nexus plan. So make sure and take a moment and head over to Nexus.net. Make sure and check out both of these pod friends. And now let's get back to the show. I wanted to switch over again, kind of going back to your site. And I know just from having seen you on social and on various sites, you're a, a fairly prolific um, writer and you you love to write I, I admire it because you have the development skills and you have the writing skills and those aren't two skills that a lot of developers have so I think you you're very fortunate there which one came first in your career or were they kind of simultaneously or is this something you always loved writing so it just was a natural as you got into the web yeah writing has always been kind of like a passion it was like one of those things that even from like an early age, I just had a knack for, I don't know why. When I got into web development and when I started getting into the WordPress community in, in particular, I saw just the need for someone that, that was writing, you know, not just tutorials, but, you know, sometimes opinions, just talking about the experiences I've had as a freelancer. Um, all those things kind of 
hit me. It's like, you know, I should be writing about this. And um, the main site I've been writing for is speckyboy.com. Um, this was actually, this is about 10 years ago. Um, I started writing for them. They actually just had, you know, one of those little contact us if you want to write for us type of links on their site. And um, the owner of the site, Paul Andrew, um, he lives over in Scotland, actually. He's um, just a wonderful guy. And he gave me the opportunity and said, here, write whatever you want. And I did. And it, it, people reacted well to it and um, just kept, kind of kept going from there. Um, you know, that's why I've been there so long. I kind of get to choose my topics and get to, uh, you know, express myself and kind of interact with, with other people in the community, which I just like enjoy to death. I think it's like the best thing in the world. It's a great way to give back to, I think a lot of people, you know, we're big at web dev, big proponents of giving back five for the future. You know, obviously if we all contribute, if, if, if everyone stopped contributing to open source, there would be no project. Right. So, um, and this is an area I think a lot of people overlook as a great way to, to give back. You know, this is sharing knowledge and information um, is a great way to contribute to WordPress, in my opinion. And I think a lot of people overlook that. They think you have to be writing code or, you know, or, or speaking at an event or something. But this is, if anything, this is actually has a larger scale impact because at events and event, yes, the people there are going to see it. More people are probably watch it, the recording later, but um, or it was a piece of content that can just be out there and be evergreen um, in a sense where it makes sense. Obviously this is open source. Things move fast, but um, it's an awesome way to give back. Absolutely. I mean, I'm, I, I know I'm not the world's greatest developer. I probably wouldn't trust myself to write anything for core. Um, but if I can share my experiences and kind of help somebody else learn something about WordPress, I think that's, you know, that makes me feel so good. I, I love to do it. And, you know, it, I've got people, you know, my DMs are always open for questions and things like that. And I get a lot of them and I, I enjoy answering them. I enjoy helping people with it. That's kind of, um, you know, a, a nice side benefit of all of this for me. Do you think the writing skills that you had, did that help you in any way in learning web development or is it really, is there any tie in at all? I'm not sure there's a big tie-in for me. As I said, I started hand coding everything, you know, back in the day. So like I had to learn HTML and I had to learn every tag and what it did, including the blink tag. Um, I had to learn CSS when it came out. Um, PHP was a bit of a bigger step for me um, because it's more of a, you know, object oriented language I wasn't familiar with. Um, So I don't know if, if writing helped with that so much more than just repetition. Um, and, you know, finding great tutorials, WordPress documentation has been a huge help there in most cases. Um, it seems like pretty much anything I've ever needed to accomplish was already out there somewhere and I could learn from it. Um, GitHub's great for that. CodePen's great for that. Um, you know, so I found all those things, uh, you know, through the community. Uh, but writing, yeah, I, I don't know. English is a little bit different than <laughs> all the other stuff I've got to deal with. Well, you know, one area that I bet this has actually helped you, and it maybe um, maybe it's just not as obvious, but it's something that I've noticed within my own team and writing and blogging is the soft skills, right? Like being able to take a technical topic and explain it to someone that's not technical um, is an actual extremely important skill to have as, you know, in this industry, if you work with clients, um, and by writing blog posts like this publicly, 
you have to kind of write those to the lowest denominator, which is someone that may not really understand what is a custom post type or what, you know, what is the block editor? And you have to kind of, you know, preface that whole section and kind of, you know, explain it as you ease into what you're going to dig into in that topic. So like those soft skills of just good communicating and speak and understanding the audience you're speaking to, like whether it's you're, you're talking to me and you know, oh, Brad's a technical guy, can we can get into the weeds all day long. Or are you talking to, you know, uh, someone that has no technical capabilities and you really got to break it down for him, you know? So I feel like just writing like inherently helps with that, you know? So, um, which has to help with the client communication, you know, and and working with clients of all different levels of of technical abilities. So it does. And I'll tell you what, I mean, I, I think also over the years, it has brought me a lot more confidence, you know, to see your ideas go out there and people accept them. I mean, not everybody agrees and that's cool. I mean, that's, you know, wouldn't be the internet if everybody agreed. But, um, you know, just seeing those ideas go out there, seeing them accepted, seeing people, you know, respond well to them, that has brought me a lot more confidence, even when I am communicating with a client um, that, you know, I can I can understand like, okay, I know what I'm talking about. And, you know, I'm, I used to let clients just pretty much dictate what they wanted back in the day. And it's like, okay, you really want that flash banner there or whatever. Okay. You can have that. I think it's awful, but I won't say anything. Now I have like the, you know, the wherewithal to say, Hey, I I don't know if that's going to be the best course of action for you. You know, it may not be the most beneficial. Why don't we, you know, you may also want to look over here at this other idea as well and, you know, kind of get them thinking a little bit. So I think that's where writing, I think has had the biggest benefit just to my business in, in terms of, you know, being able to communicate and being confident and sure of, sure of myself, whereas before I kind of wasn't. I like it. So back to WooCommerce, do you have any challenges? I mean, is there anything like when you're working on WooCommerce sites right these days and, you know, it's it's moving along just like everything else, is there anything that still you um, you hope to see, you know, change in the future or is there specific parts of it that you find, um, you know, a bit challenging still? Yeah, I think sometimes it's hard to deal with um, just how piecemeal it is. You know, you get you know you get some nice functionality right out of the box with it. Um, but the fact is that there, I mean, if you need a certain kind of shipping type, like I have a lot of clients that like to use table rate shipping. So that's, you know, and I understand everybody has to make money. That's one of those things that's like, I think should just be built into the core and maybe someday there's a uh, professional edition of WooCommerce that it bundles all that stuff with it. I don't know. For, for whoa, year, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's not give automatic any ideas here. <laughs> Never mind that. This is like a SaaS product or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, people are starting to do that. So, I, yeah. you know, but it, it seems like it, it can be a challenge to, and I'm actually writing about this um, this month. It should be coming out uh, over on the WP Minute about the challenge of selling clients on WooCommerce because it is so piecemeal. Um, you know, that, that just getting the project requirements down, it can be very difficult. You have to ask a lot of questions or else you're, you're probably going to come back in the middle of the project and say, hey, I'm sorry, I think you need this other extension and that's going to be another 100 bucks a year, or another 200 bucks a year. Um, so th- those are the kind of things that I think sh- should improve over time. Um, you know, I, I understand the ecosystem and I love what it does, but it, there's also a drawback to it. And I think as a designer, you really got to be on your toes when you're, you know, judging what these project requirements are. Otherwise, you're kind of 
in for a surprise at some point during the, the build. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, it's open source, right? So even if Automatic had some type of offering that bundled things or whatever, it doesn't mean you have to do that, right? There's always going to be options. So the future of WordPress, do you have any thoughts of where you see things going? Any particular piece of it, you know, whether it's WooCommerce related or not, that just you have some uh, some definite opinion on or you foresee it going in a certain way? I'm very interested to see what happens with the block themes. These are kind of fascinating to me because on the one hand, you have this easy way to drag and drop your way to a custom site, right? But then as a developer, you might want to lock certain things down, which I know there's, you know, there's some methods for doing, but how do you, how do, how, how do we build a project that has everything the developer wants in terms of, you know, making sure the layout doesn't break, making sure that uh, a client can inadvertently, you know, destroy something while still allowing this kind of cool technology, you know, I want to, that, that's why well, I haven't used the full site editing theme or block theme yet. So that's what I'm kind of waiting for. I'm waiting to find that happy medium for developers and for users. Um, you know, most of my clients probably would never touch what's going on in full site editing, at least not at this point. I might have some that, you know, are adventurous and want to do it. But th- that to me is going to be the um, interesting, more interesting topic for like six to 12 months down the road. Like, how are people using this? What lessons will we learn from it? Yeah, I, I'm definitely on board with that because, um, you know, with great power comes great responsibility, right? I always talk about page builders and how I'm a back end dev. Like, I can make things very functional but they're not going to look great. <laughs> and if you give me a drag and drop builder and tell me to make a page that really looks awesome, uh, I'll probably struggle with it. Right. So it's like, how can we exactly, how do you find that balance of give them some flexibility and some control, but not too much where they can literally go and destroy everything that they paid for and make, you know, their brand and, and their business and everything look cheap and, you know, thrown together, whatever. It's like, there definitely needs to be a balance. We're seeing a little bit of that with the block editor because there's so many blocks now core blocks and you add some plugins, it adds more blocks. And if you don't have a plan with your clients to say, Hey, are we styling all these blocks? Do you need all these blocks? You know, like you, you either got to end up styling like a hundred blocks or you need to figure out a way to turn the ones off that you don't need. Cause in, at some point someone will use one that you didn't expect them to use and it won't be ready. It won't look good on the front end. It won't, something won't work right. So it's like, you know, it's, it's this idea of taking things out of the box and then kind of turning them down a little bit. So it lines up with what your client or, or what you actually need in a product. So I'm very interested in that too, because that's the only way I think some of the certainly larger corporations would even buy into this. If you can really lock it down in certain ways where it makes sense. Yeah. And then what happens with classic themes too? Like I, I've been thinking about this, like, I, you know, is there going to be a point where WordPress no longer supports them? Is there going to be a point where, um, you know, so much stuff, no longer works with them that, you know, people are going to have to go to, to block themes. You know, there, there's a lot of kind of philosophical questions, I guess, coming down the road on that. And we're kind of in a, an interesting time, like a, a between time, you know, if you're starting a project today, how do you start it? Do you, do you just keep doing what you've been doing or, you know, do you have to bend, you know, to these other ideas and, you know, it's, 
I'm interested to see what how people want to handle that. Yeah, we'll all see where this all leads to. So uh been a great conversation, Eric. Uh, really learned a lot. It was great to hear more of what you do in the space. Where is the best place for people to connect with you? Uh, you can usually find me on Twitter just about 24 hours a day. <laughs> Remember that, 24 hours a day. 1 a.m. tweets. Let's go. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this has been great, Eric. Definitely appreciate you sharing your story and experiences and, and having some fun conversations and, and speculation on what the future holds for WordPress and block editor and full site editing, all that great stuff. But definitely love hearing the stories, especially the OG builders, you know, back in the nineties, that's when I was going to brings back a lot of good memories. Those were the good old days. Definitely. But not really. Um, (laughs) But I really thank you guys for having me on. It's, it's been a pleasure and an honor. Hey everyone. Thanks again for tuning in to today's show. Like to give one more shout out to our two pod friends. Make sure and check out the 2021 Clavio Consumer Report to help you better understand your own clients at dothewoo.io slash friends slash Clavio. And with any Nexus managed hosting plan, you will get WooCommerce automated testing, sales performance monitor, and plugin performance monitor. All free. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at dothewoo, on our site at dothewoo.io, or on your favorite podcast app. Until the next time, keep on doing the woo.